It's all about the game and how you play it, but is he really one of the greats, or do we tell Triple H to suck it? Next on Over Under Fair. White guy air guitar in here. Yeah. Oh man, we're feeling it. All right, feeling good. And uh, we are over under fair. The final word in pop culture relevance. Uh, I'm Dave Roldan, your host, I suppose. And uh, with me today, we got Jason Pinkham. No, oh, I'm yeah beyond ecstatic right now. <laughs> yeah. Got to do some white guy guitar. About to talk about the greatest wrestler of all time. Hold on, uh, Dave. Don't shoot the wad. <clears throat> we got it. No, excuse let me. me. Prime, Sorry. Let me prime it first. Prematurely let talking. Me, let me Sorry. Lathered up. Pump it up. And then over over here, uh, coming in hot, Dan Smith. <laughs> Always coming in hot. What's up, everybody? You are you are a very attractive man. Right. We, you know this works great for radio, but either way, and uh, again, uh, man in the boards, the round brown mound of sound, Roger Castillo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Appropriate. Okay. Uh, all right. So we are gathered here today, guys, to talk about something near and dear, at least to my heart, I think to everybody's hearts. Uh, as a pop culture, you know, in print, we like to discuss a broad number of topics. So, you know, we get into movies, we get into music, but a very important part of pop culture, at least in my life I can speak for, is professional wrestling. That's not true for everybody, but that's that's fine. It's not their show, so fuck off. Uh, we're here today to talk specifically in a, in a sphere about the one, the only, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, professionally known as Triple H. Uh, I mean, we can just jump right into it. Since the, the name of this podcast is Over Under Fair, we're here to discuss whether or not we think Triple H is overrated, underrated, or properly rated in the pantheon of the quote-unquote best of all times. And I'm just going to start right off and just tell you I think Triple H is fucking horrible. <laughs> That's has been a long held belief. What option is that? It is. <laughs> that was not in the segment. No one. We did not discuss. You're right, just writes D fucking over. <laughs> yep. Over under fucking horrible rated. Uh, yeah. Triple H is one of the most overrated wrestlers, talents, uh, personalities. I don't know. Name it. Put it. Put a modifier on it. Triple H is overrated in any of those spheres. I know. I'm. I uh, have a diametric opposite on this view uh, across yeah. the table for me. In uh, in Mr. Pinkham here, Jason, Jason, you love Triple H. I believe he's uh, I, okay. The thing about it though is that I'm a realist enough to say that I think that while I believe that his capabilities are underrated, I believe that his personality is overrated. So my actual rating is fair because okay. I think it's kind of both. Because I think that as a wrestler, he. I mean, if we're going off the fact that titles are not won, they're given because it's it's written. He's been given too many titles. Or in Triple H's case, they're withheld from anybody else. True, yes, exactly. So he, he's been given too many titles. I think that's not the kind of wrestler he was ever meant to be. But I also think that, much in the same vein as like a Chris Jericho, the work he's capable of doing often gets overlooked. So that was where I was coming from going into this. Dan Smith, how do you feel about Triple H? Um, I'm, I'm on the fair side of, uh, of this debate, if you will. Uh... I think he was involved with a lot of important movements in, in wrestling with Evolution and, and DX, and uh, he did his own thing solo for a while, and 
now he's doing the com- uh, commissioner. Is that is that what he is of uh, Raw right now, or like the manager? I'm not sure if title? he's on air right now again. If okay. he if he has been, he's, he's on, been off for a while. He was off for quite a while, like a whole year and change. But gotcha. he he but is uh, like in actuality, he's like the vice president and like a COO or something crazy. He's got a lot of stroke in that company. And, uh, a lot of stroke. A lot of stroke. And that is not by accident. So we'll, right. we will discuss that, though. Well, just, you know, um, I think that it's it's not fair to overlook his what he what he's left, like his legacy that he's left on WWE. Um, but as an angering person, I could take or leave him. So, yeah, I would say fair. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, I guess before we get started, like, specifically, <clears throat> we'll uh, talk a little bit about the wrestling. Like, as, as fans, I don't know how far you guys go back. I'm... A little older than both of you. I've been watching wrestling for a long ass time, and uh, maybe one of the reasons I'm so reticent to enjoy Triple H is because I think the style and the things that he attempts to try as a wrestler have been done much better by everybody that preceded him. Like his his idols, like a Harley Race or Ric Flair, guys like that. Guys, he's tried so hard to emulate and can never hold a candle to. I mean, he's he's. He's ostensibly just like a poor man's Ric Flair, a very poor man's Ric Flair when it comes to That's how, unfair. No, it's not. That's it's not it's, it's not fair to Flair or is it It's unfair to both parties cuz Flair is Flair is the rock to his Jericho cuz Flair did everything so great and was so loved by the you know the community and I mean it's to the point where you can't even hear a radio show where somebody's not saying woo. I mean, half the NHL Goldhorn have woo at the after them. Right. So, you know, the same we said at Jericho, too, though. I mean, he's Jericho has been a fan favorite eternally. But like, he is no Ric Flair. No. He is but, a fan favorite within the niche cult of wrestling. He still has a better resume as a wrestler and a character as Triple H, though. I yeah, mean, I guess. I, I, if I'm going to... I was always bored by Jericho, personally. So. How did he bored? Are you greatest serious? Dude ever. Yeah, he just he it just was it because it was he, arm bar. They, there's no because his greatest time was in WCW and he went to WWF. That's not true. Not and true he didn't all. evolve much in my opinion. Y two J just was became Y two J. And it was really good for like eight months. But he's still now seventeen years later the same character. When a guy can come into the script at any point in his career and turn face or heel like he can, no one can do that better And still than pop the crowd, either yeah. way. He can make a crowd hate him or love him in, in one mic appearance. And he's the, one of the best of it. I love that. That was perfect, Roger. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt that come through me. I don't know. I just I was always kind of bored by his style, personally. I'm not to not say there's not merits there. I mean, he's lauded by everybody who knows anything about wrestling. And I'm not denying that he's great. I just, he never appealed to me. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 sort of again it's sort of the opposite of Triple H where Triple H is more like both his the undertones of his character and then what I imagine to be what he probably is backstage he's just the kind of guy who in his head he sees what's right he sees where, what he thinks is right he's a megalomaniac well, I was say, he sees what he yeah. wants <laughs> he's and a, what he thinks is right without a doubt he's an egotistical asshole I'm not denying this stuff but to be fair to his credit more often than not he's right. He look all the the, the factions the right you mentioned. He made the right plays. I don't know not the right plays. The it, same as being. But right. the factions you mentioned are integral in showing up at a time when they have no stars. DX shows up pre. Uh, DX shows up pre Stone Cold, pre The Rock, and then fades at the right time. Yeah. Just like that music, and right. then comes back, <laughs> and then comes back at all the wrong times consistently. Right. Well, they've, they've been gone for eight return. years now. Well, it's done now. It's a, yeah, it's, it's dead. a dead, dead, dead thing. Yeah, but hopefully. listen, I'm a little younger than both of you. When I was growing up, DX was 
was the shit. Yeah. I know we're a lot of cussing out. No, DX was, was great. I mean, it was I'm, amazing. I'm not going to try to undersell DX like it wasn't awesome for five minutes because it yeah. was pretty sweet. It was good time. for at least six minutes. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. <laughs> DX was amazing. It took it. It started the Attitude Era, which is what my favorite part. We've talked about this. So you mm. don't agree. That's my favorite part of wrestling is the Attitude Era. And made way for for uh, characters like The Rock and Stone Cold and all those guys. I'm not saying that they were better than those guys, but when they started out, there was no there was no way Stone Cold was going to live without a DX. There was no way that, that character was going to thrive without DX. No, you got to have foils. And, you know, that is... It is true. If the one thing can be said in Triple H's favor, in my mind, is that he always provided an excellent uh, foil for nearly anybody at any given time. Whether or not he could live up to those feuds or like in-ring product is one thing, but he was always the correct guy to put in against somebody because he was hateable in the in the level that you wanted to see him get his ass kicked. Right. Two things to add to that. Number one, I think what he was trying to say was that Triple H created the the hole that Stone Cold forced his way through. He's right. not saying that. They, that, that he was their opposite, or that they were his opposite. I think right. he's saying yeah. more that they are sort of like prying the way in for everybody to listen to a guy give right. you the middle finger and right. say, oh, hell like, yeah. Without DX, there is no, there is not as big of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't think. Without DX, there is no rated R superstar and Edge. There's no, no. way that that mm-hmm. starts without Hardy DX. I, Hardy agree. I actually I agree with all of this. But I don't think Triple H needs to get all that credit. No, H, no, 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 no. Triple H is a no, that would be unfair. issue no. of the DX like you know phenomenon. No, I like, think China should get most of that credit. <laughs> Rest in peace. Right. It, it starts with Shawn Michaels. I mean, oh, of course, fair, Shawn of Michaels. Course. Triple H rode Shawn Michaels' coattails through the whole original DX run before Shawn leaves. For most of his career. For, yeah, right. But <laughs> well, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, it is. It is like it's very telling that you're not uh, good on my term. <laughs> it's very telling that well that Triple H <laughs> know. has a huge portion of his career tailor made around his feuds with Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels is instrumental to making Triple H a top guy because they were actual buddies, like you know IRL, mm-hmm. and that that carried a lot of a lot of. Uh, you know, backstage good grace for Triple H and in the early goings of his career, getting in with Shawn Michaels and the Scott Halls and Kevin Nash's of the world, you know, the clique, he was a big part of that. And he was the last He guy also in. was the only one who faced any punishment for that, too. Well, because two of them left, and right. the other guy is Shawn Michaels. But that right. leads us in this, this, the plot of this podcast to the biggest downfall of his career. All right, but before we get to that, let's let's start real. We'll start at the very, very beginning. Jean-Paul? Of, yeah, we'll start at the, the baby <laughs> genesis of Triple H, the character, as From the, Paul the Connecticut Blue Blood, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We're going to skip the fact that he was in WCW. It doesn't matter. He was okay, like, like yeah. a cup of coffee yeah. as the wonderfully named Terror Ryzen. So if you ever want to look it up, it's awesome. It He's is got the best. a giant mane of flowing blonde hair. It's hilarious. Before so, we figured out that water was good for long hair. Right, yeah. Yeah, before we get there. Again, that's the second best thing Triple H ever did was discover water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the Chris Columbus of water. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> poor spit. Yep, whole persona. No one saw any of that. That does. They, they, they heard, heard the, the discovery. They heard, the they heard you moan. It's the theater of the mind. Oh man. <laughs> they heard caveman like fire. Oh, oh. <laughs> and then we talked about it, which makes it even better. True, true. I so thought, yeah, I thought you fell. <laughs> oh, oh, water uh, coming in early. You know, we got just at the very, the very dawn of the Attitude Era, uh, mid nineties. Uh, Triple H comes in. You know, like I said, Connecticut blue blood character Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which was like Vince's dig on his rich neighbors because Vince is that petty. And uh, that's a, look. I'm getting ahead of myself already. 
I have so much to say about Triple H. <laughs> um, that's uh, because he's so great. He's so right. Great. That might that might be it. It's not. So Triple H comes in in the mid nineties. You know, he's just thrown into the other stable of gimmick ass wrestlers with all your Godwins and your Duke the Dumpster Drozies and you know hockey players and monks and Doinks. the whole yeah the whole cavalcade of garbage that was flowing through the WWF at that time and distinguished himself a little bit by being kind of decent in the ring as compared to most of these other jobber ass types which is you know to his credit i'm not ever going to say triple h is a bad wrestler because he wasn't and he's gotten leaps and bounds better from where he started but uh you know he's it's it's a little rough but you can tell there's something there and they definitely have a feeling about this guy he's going to be something legitimate because they start putting him in pretty decent feuds about a year in before you know the click thing blows up but again Mm -hmm. that's just in a second so uh you know, you got uh, you got a few with Mark Marrow. Does pretty well. You get squashed by the Ultimate Warrior, which you know, hey, whatever. You still had a match with the Ultimate Warrior. I guess that counts for something. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw that match. It's like thirty seconds. Triple H pedigrees the Ultimate Warrior as he runs into the ring. A returning Ultimate Warrior, be gone for like three years. Uh, Ultimate Warrior no sells a pedigree and then just power slams him and pins him. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> I was probably like four, so I doubt yeah. I saw it. You know what? You know what? All right, fine. My bad. I'll I'll talk to you then when we get to like 2005 when you have any memory of your you know your life sounds good when yeah. he was 13 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah then as Jason alluded to uh, you know for anybody non wrestling historian schooled uh, uh, the Click was a group of guys all talent top level talent uh, your Shawn Michaels your Scott Hall Kevin Nash and then to a lesser extent the one two three kid. Sean Waltman, and then Triple H, way to a way lesser extent. <laughs> the reason that, I mean, they've, they've gone and said this, like, they like Triple H and he was a good dude, but the reason that people wanted to keep Triple H around initially in the clique was because he was the only one that didn't drink. He was their DD. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he was the DD of the group. He was the, the guy that would, like, take them around. Yeah, okay, guys. Right. Hop in the car. Hey, hey Hunter, I, uh... Hey, yeah, just get in. Like, just get in. Yeah. Just get in. Hey, yo, I'm hammered. So that's like it's, it'll be fine in twenty Scott. years when I look awesome and all of you look haggard. Scott, Scott quit throwing toothpicks at me. Get in the car. <laughs> so that was you know that, but I mean it's it's an invaluable lesson at that point. Like riding down the road with all those guys like wrestling luminaries, and I know Scott Hall will be an episode we're going to do in the future because I have a lot of things to say about Scott Hall. But that's that's another day. Um, so yeah, Triple H is you know he's taking his lumps. He's breaking into the business. He's you know seems to be a star on the rise. And then the Madison Square Garden incident happens where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are departing and uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are working heel and Hall and Nash are working face. And they all they have separate matches against each other. And at the end of the night, everybody shows up in the middle of Madison Square Garden's ring and they all hug because they're all buddies and two of them are leaving to the competition, WCW, and everybody's sad. And it's, all, it's a nice moment, you know. But uh, what they did not count on was Vince being super pissed because I'm... I don't want to be the one to drop this to anybody listening that isn't aware of this, but wrestling is predetermined. So (laughs) the results are known ahead of time by the people in the ring and backstage. I know this sounds terrible, so I'm sorry if I blew any minds. But uh, it's called commonly referred to as kayfabe in the biz. I don't want to be that guy who used too much stupid-ass insider slang, but kayfabe is a pretty common one. So yeah, they break kayfabe, everybody hugs, it's you know beautiful, and then those two guys jump off to sh- uh, jump off to Atlanta, and they're getting paid. And then Sean and Triple H will have to pick up the pieces, and Sean is the top guy, and Triple H is, you know, his friend. Just some dude. Yeah, he's yeah. just some dude. So Vince is pissed that he would do that in New York in front of these people. 
And on camera, if I'm not mistaken. It's not. It wasn't a film. It, there is video footage of it, but it wasn't like released as a film show. Okay, but there's lots it, of pictures. It was a house though, show. Yeah. yeah, there's tons of pictures of it. And uh, Vince is super pissed and decides that the guy that's going to take the fall for this has to be Hunter because who else is there? You're not going to you're not going to set back Shawn Michaels. He's your champion. So, mm-hmm. dude's pretty much untouchable. So Triple H has to go back to square one, pretty much. Gets pushed way down the card, starts jobbing out the guys, and gets taken away from him the uh, King of the Ring spot that was going to go to him that year, which he was supposed to win in 96, which is awesome that you should mention that because that directly leads to Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, pretty the much in podcast over, he created Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's uh, it. That's a bit of a stretch. Anyways. No, that's a bit of a stretch. Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to become Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he got a wonderful jumping off platform, beating Jake Roberts, who was doing like this whole preacher gimmick, Bible thumping kind of thing, yeah. and then having him win and then he's getting interviewed and drops the whole Austin 316 promo. It, I mean, like, it was the next night. Shirts and, uh, not shirts, but signs everywhere. Like, it, they, like the WWF, it would take them months before they actually realized anything was good with this because they're so slow to pick up on shit. But they figured it out, and so Uncle Steve Austin is now, you know, so Uncle Steve Austin. We all know who Steve Austin is, everybody. Yep. So, yeah, I guess, you know, in a weird, indirect way, Triple H gets credit for that partially, but that doesn't mean he's great in any stretch because that was going to happen either way. But uh, you know, at this point, Jason, are you are you like an avid watcher at this point of wrestling? Uh, no, we're, I'm. We're about, about to throw into the end. I'm era, about the like, next era. The next year is when I. I'm 97. Like yeah. yeah, that's when I show up. Yeah, and Dan, you said you were like you know an insane or whatever. Yeah. Back when uh, rock's music was like uh, it was like an acoustic guitar recorded from like a quarter mile away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, do you smell what the rock is cooking? And then you're like, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Yeah, yeah, that era. Yeah. That's when I got it. Yeah, baby rock. With him occasionally just going, yeah, like on the mic <laughs> in the song. Yeah, that was that was my rock era. That's when I showed up. I, um, I remember Rocky Maivia in the Nation Domination. So oh yeah. Man. Oh god. That. By the way, side note, just a, as little side story. Have you, any of you guys listened to the Nation of Domination song now? Yes. It is so bad, so much worse than I remember it. Because, like, in my head, it's just, we are the nation mm-hmm. of domination. domination. That chant, yeah. But it's not. Because in the background, there's also guys like, we will rise to power. <laughs> <laughs> the black man is free. Like, there's just dudes yelling power chants. They right. toned that the down. The whole song. Like, after the initial bitter run for that. But, yeah. Like, I think it was the guys in the group, too. It is. It yeah, is. okay. Yeah, so it's like D-Lo Brown's like, yeah, so I will kill him, man. Oh, yeah. wait. I will paralyze Maven. Deal Brown, the greatest European champion of all time, by the way, guys. Deal Brown, European champion. Oh, he was amazing. He shook his head so fast. He did. I tried. I was shaking my head just now. I didn't realize that you were talking about Deal Brown. Yeah, we've all tried to do that at least once, right? Because I get it. I'm pretty sure I pulled like I pinched a nerve or something. Oh, there's there's hospital visits based on that. (laughs) I'm sure there's a whole just the Deal Brown head swivel. How was wrestling? What did you get? Like a tombstone pedigree? Oh no, I just did the Deal Brown head shake. Yeah, (laughs) I was out of commission for six months. Yeah, I show up when Triple H starts getting his uh, his long pants run. Oh, okay. Right. Long pants, no shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's doing, not the jeans. Uh, no, pre-jeans. When he was doing the... Uh, it was like... They were like oh, green or blue, depending like on the night. They were like yoga pants yeah, before Spanx. yoga pants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but with like the black crotch that said right. HHH in very boring font, but progressively more and more angry font. You know a lot about his crotch, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Go look at his Wikipedia page. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, legit. If you open the Wikipedia page, the first shot is his dick. <laughs> it's just his balls. I know what you're here for. <laughs> you're here for the game. <laughs> it's in my pants. How do you play it? That is 100% not a cup. <laughs> I promise that's all real. Just like all of my muscles from 1998 to 2004. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is when Triple H goes from a man to a horse. For sure. We're not quite there. Oh, okay. Triple so he's still H- a man. He, has he hasn't made the jump yet. No, okay. Because no. there is a discernible jump where his like equine. back shoulder muscles get like eight inches wider on yeah. each side. Yeah. And he's just resting like with his arms like a, like a bird of prey. Yeah. That's his walk. If, if you can even call it a walk, it's barely a yeah, walk. he's like a mosey. Because walking would require you to use the muscles necessary for forward momentum. It's yeah. more like a... Like a hobbling stride. Yeah, that's like, fair. Like but he pulls it off. He, he <laughs> better it, than anybody else. He I made know. it to the ring. I'll you give him that much saying. credit. <laughs> so, you know, we hit DX now. Uh, Shawn Michaels is, you know, at pretty much the end of the first step of his career here. And uh, DX pops up. DX is kind of a revelation. It's not. It's easy to dismiss it now as like, oh, they're just talking about dicks and, you know, like, it's bullshit and it's so dumb. But they're just the answer to NWO. You can't act like it wasn't wasn't amazing, at least for a little while in 1997. It was probably the coolest thing anybody had done in wrestling. Like, Mm -hmm. forever. And it just felt cool, you know, like, man, yeah, I'm I'm 12. And of course, I love dick jokes. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just want to watch wrestling for that. Suck it, mom! Yeah, exactly. Suck it, mom! The crotch chopping and the, yeah, the suckets. And it's collectively all of our parents went well right okay right <laughs> why were my parents thinking why would they let me watch? i was like nine yeah i don't know there was there <laughs> was, was like a specific it? delineation between people who were allowed to watch it then and people that weren't because i had friends that were not allowed you're like sucking like, like, what is that like, i had no, a conversation with my mom about ordering an event because there was a bra and panties man she's like okay cindy jesus Meanwhile, my dad was like i'm watching it with you right <laughs> and he yeah. would and he was yeah. just like hey look your boobs are out yeah stuff. because it became like wrestling became cool again like yeah. softcore porn and it, yeah, and yeah. It, it had something yeah. to offer kind of everybody at that point yeah. Yeah. there were spanking matches there, were, there was there, there was turkey and gravy matches but there were also like yeah. there were also dudes that we had alluded to the rocks and the austins and mankind who we haven't brought up at all yet mm-hmm. like guys of that generation that were all hitting the peak of their careers all at the same time yeah wwf right. at that time is literally top to bottom the greatest card in history but in i think it, i think it's fair to give dx credit because they're what they said on the mic and what they the the suck it whole the, their whole regimen, everything paved the way for the Rock to be able to say what he wanted for the Stone Cold to be able to say, "Hey, Austin three sixteen said I kicked your ass," things like that. That it was all paved, I think, through DX. No one, like I said earlier, the Rated R superstar and all these factions that came out after DX. Um, Gangrel and his crew, the, the brood, the brood, yeah. uh, the the corporation, the, the corporation, ministry. the ministry, all those, all the corporate those ministry, everything became factions. The like corporate was, DX, the result of DX being a thing, right. was Everything became a goddamn faction. Which corporate like, DX, yeah, exactly. Which is kind of where I lo- it goes off the rails for me anyway. Like it's a cool idea at first, but then when everybody's a faction, oh, I loved it's it. Not man. as good. Like, oh, it was so awesome. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> I loved it when it was that group. It was great. I loved it when it was factions. Yeah. I hated it when it was. When the corporation, the ministry, and DX just became corporate DX, yeah. and they were just running roughshod all over, like, yeah, oh hey, you're the like, Rock. Here's 15 people to assault you. Right. Well, it was right. it was it was all in direct response to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, well, we need to keep throwing guys at Austin. We got to feed our hot baby face. So everybody just feuded up against Austin as right. one giant contingent. Yeah, but as a the kid, WWF I was like, this isn't realistic. Yeah, it was not fun. 
I was just like, this is... I, you know, I... There's yeah, a line. But I was happy that they just kept letting him win. Yeah, I, no, that was fun. At that point, yeah. I came out like, no, man, screw this. I'm over DX. This is dumb. And then, you know, Stone Cold still got to go over everybody all the time. He's like, well, they suck, but it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. Because <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold is a Stone Cold Stunner, which yeah. is tantamount to a god killer in yep, WWF. smashed a couple beers together, pulled yep. them over my face, and I went to bed. It was a good Monday. Yeah. It was a good Monday. <laughs> at 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um... Then you know, mom, get my bud. (laughs) Even at fourteen, I would have had better sense than to drink a bud. Well, you're not drinking it; you're smashing them together, pouring it on your face. You're drinking the foam. That's all you're. Yeah, you're osmosising it into your bloodstream. You're not really drinking it. So Shawn Michaels leaves. Uh, Didn't he break his neck? He had. uh, He didn't just walk out. Like, (laughs) yeah, but he comes back. So it's not like it's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, sure, it sucked, but he was leaving. Equally, because he had like super huge drug problems and stuff, like yeah. in addition to him being like a, a broken mess. Yeah, the dude was a dude was just the hot, the hottest of messes at the like ninety seven and ninety eight. So Triple H is kind of given the reins. Like at this point, China showed up, so that's pretty cool. You know, having that kind of enforcer presence around, and you know the unique spin that it's a woman. So that's neat. She was so scary. She was kind of terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> and that was like. That was a good call on their part, like to put somebody in there, like because Triple H, Triple H just was kind of foppish before he got in there. He's like, "Was this guy tough? Maybe not, but this chick is. Right. <laughs> she looks tougher than, than Hunter." Yeah, badass Billy Gunn couldn't be his enforcer. No, no that, that was not gonna. The road dog's gonna be. Yeah, you can't see the words "Billy Mr. Ass" as the enforcer. <laughs> Billy, go get him. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna hit him with my. Well, butt. yeah, because that's a, this is a point too where Triple H. Is, I'm gonna hit him with my butt. <laughs> this is a point where Triple H is literally in so much less shape than everybody he's grouped up with. Like he's just a smooth chested yeah, baby man. Yeah. Yeah, and then like China's over there with her eight pack. Like, before he starts taking it really seriously, because in a few years he's gonna start going bananas on the fitness stuff. But at oh, that yeah. point he was just kind of a dude. Like he just he was there. He looked like a wrestler. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And. uh yeah, so we come in through the you know the later part of the '90s now. Attitude Era, full swing, everything's blown up. DX, you know, the DX Prime has moved on, but now we have the DX Extension with the Road Dog and Billy Gunn, who mentioned X Pac shows up from WCW, so now he's in there too because of course he is. And then we have all these guys. X Pac was around. amazing. Don't you downplay X Pac? So we have all these guys feuding around with you know the Stone Colds and the, the Rocks you. and stuff. And then they like their heels, but then they become super super over as baby faces, which is good guys again parlance. And uh, you know they're they're riding high. Triple H is definitely at the forefront of something, but he's not. He's still not the dude. You no, know what he's I mean? not the dude. And this is kind of a thing. <clears throat> this has been discussed by other places before. And the wonderful video wrestling isn't wrestling extensively by uh, Max Landis. If anybody hasn't seen that, so it's been discussed before that Triple H at every single point in his career is never the dude. Like even when he is positioned as the guy and pushed as the guy, he's never the best guy in the company. He's never really worthy of being the champion for extended runs. And that's kind of my biggest problem with Triple H. <clears throat> it shows up uh, right, like right around here when Stone Cold and now The Rock is pretty much the biggest thing in the world in 1999, 2000. You know and Triple H is going out there and having decent matches, but Triple H can't out wrestle The Rock. Even at that point, The Rock no. wasn't even that good. Like no. he was still that he was still better than Triple H. And Stone Cold, you know, had My lost. The tables have turned. <laughs> Triple H was uh, having matches with Stone Cold, and Stone Cold had lost a lot of steam at that point. You know, he'd had the broken neck thing happen by now, and yeah, he's not the same guy. But Stone Cold was such a great in ring general, and he had such a good mind for how a match is supposed to go that he was still he was still better than most of the guys they were setting him up with. So his feuds weren't. 
like incredible with Triple H, but they were still pretty good. On I there. will say that that was a match I wanted to touch on earlier. That those two have arguably my favorite match in history, which is the three stages of hell match. Yeah, in history, in my personal taste, because in history, because I was such a fan of both parties going in. It was it was a match because it's so long, it's so involved, and both of them do what is lost a lost art nowadays, which is have weapons but don't use them to comical effect. Use them that make we even though the rest of us know that this is. To an extent, fake, and that that sledgehammer is rubber, and that those that barbed wire is not barbed wire, and all that stuff. But they do such a good job of uh, committing to their roles that you know, as a child watching this, I mean, I was I think fourteen. I was just like, oh god, this is like a movie. Like, and I know there's better matches. I'm not stupid, but in terms of like, this is like liking a Marvel movie. This is not good, but to me, it's good. This is a subjective thing. This is entirely. Me knowing that you know my opinion doesn't matter as much as people who have seen more than me. But that's not fair. I'm not trying to say your opinion doesn't matter, but you never saw a match better than that one in the whole not time one you that, watched wrestling. Not one that pulled me in, except for uh, Rock Austin at uh, WrestleMania 2000. Uh, but that's not even their best match. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, but that has like, the best match. I can't, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you go higher when you don't believe stuff? Just getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey's back. <laughs> uh, no, he, uh, you guys, if Triple H was any other wrestler, he would have been successful. That's calling back to Lacey's joke. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Could've yeah. Been, he could have been If he was Dwight the Clown, he would have been a goddamn hero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, but I mean, that it was it, in terms of my investment in the match, because every other matches are, like I said, objectively better, but I was so into it and so committed at that time that it was like a real headliner for me. No, that makes sense. Much like that, Rock Austin. Rock right. Austin 2. Yeah, yeah, at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's fair. Because they had that. That was the only time in history that Limp Bizkit has been used well in that video. Arguable, but okay. I mean, I would argue that Limp Bizkit has never been used well because they are by default the worst thing ever. That's true. So, that is true. But that video is still pretty great. That was back when videos were good. They're garbage. They have been garbage ever since then. Yeah. But you've never done it all for the nookie. <laughs> I'm not nookie. saying I cannot confirm or deny whether or not I have done it all for the nookie, right. but that certainly wasn't my anthem. <laughs> Even if it would if it would have been the circumstance, it definitely was when I was listening. It's to worth it. noting too that the uh the people who made that video made sure to make the majority of the song in that video not include Fred Durst. <laughs> it's just like check out check 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 out like it completely avoids Fred Durst. That's by design. And then at the end you hear like that's it. That's all you need. Uh but no I mean that's uh Triple H and Austin is one of those things that I think it was too little too late for Austin. Yeah. Because Austin is, like you said, he's coming to the end of his run, which was short, but when great. You think, when you put it in perspective, yeah. yeah. But that's the brightest light burn brightest. It's the good burn, part of his shortest, run. Because yeah. Steve Austin doesn't go away. Like, there's still like another no. four-something years of Steve Austin, yeah. but he doesn't do anything. Like, it's completely ineffective. No, because all the injuries. He can't do anything. I know, I know. He couldn't move his neck left or right. But they, so. didn't, but they, never, they never took the opportunity, though, at that point, to try to move the company in a different directions. They're like, well, people still love Steve Austin. We have to keep pushing Steve Austin forever, even though the guy's literally, like, hobbling out there. His, right. He looks like the bionic man, like all the shit attached to his knees and his elbows, and you know, you know, his neck is barely hanging on by a That's why he got into that feud with Vince, because everyone else that was young enough would have accidentally killed him, maybe. Possibly, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't, again, WWF's like constant insistence to just, right. like, you know, ride that horse into the ground, and it, he it did, almost did. Like, really. He did get awesome. into a shoving match with Mike Tyson, which is pretty Which was amazing. pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah, awesome. that's like 96, though. We are not talking about Stone Cold Steve We are not. Because we know he's great. So here's an idea to escalate Triple H's fame at this point. Date rape. 
I don't think we're quite there yet. We are. It's oh, yeah, right at the end of 99 is when it happens. Right. Yeah, the because for the listeners who don't remember, you have top tier Austin Rock. Middle tier is like... Mankind's right there. Yeah, Mankind Undertaker. still floating yeah, around Yeah, and there. Kane is kind of around there. there. And then like, like way down at the fourth and a half tier, getting like top of the second hour of Raw is Stephanie McMahon and Test. And they're dating. Oh, test. Rest in peace. How many times are we going to have to say that? Oh, my God. Yeah. If we, we, just stop. Note, yeah. Yeah. If we ever do a wrestling podcast, RIPs are done. Because yeah. it's, it's half of people we're going to mention. Yeah. Because um, yeah, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, anyways. <clears throat> so you have Test and uh, Stephanie. What was that? You scared the hell out of me with that. What I had to clear my throat. I'm sorry. Summoning a demon. Continue. <laughs> so Stephanie and Manor Test are dating. And it is, by all accounts, no one cares. Like, it is a ratings yeah. killer. No one cares, but Vince is like, "But my daughter," and the audience is like, "But we don't care," and they're like, "Well, we're gonna have and a Vince wedding." Was like, get used to it because it's not going away. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, the next sixteen years of your lives." So, <laughs> this is what goes on in Vince McMahon's brain, by the way, twenty four seven. So, what if we put her in an angle? Oh, here's an idea. Hunter shows up and takes her through a drive-in. I've got an idea. God damn it. I've got an idea. We're going to stop wrestling on the wrestling show, and we're going to have a wedding in the middle of the ring for 35 minutes. Everybody loves weddings. Of my two-hour show. Weddings always go over so well. Fans love weddings. This will convince people that wrestling is legit. The first 10,000 fans got a handful of rice to throw. It was <laughs> Seriously, it was so bad. But Rocky by Uncle Ben's. Yeah. But halfway through this is what is arguably at the time one of the more controversial vignettes on wrestling. No, it was. It, it was because people were just like, wait, what is going on? I thought this is one of those like macho man Miss Elizabeth type situations where they're going to get married. It's going to be cute. No, Triple no, H. Roofies were involved. <laughs> he, Triple H no literally roofies her. Yeah. Literally roofies her and drags her corpse to a drive through Vegas. Yep. And on we screen, should, I should actually her. interrupt you and tell you that it's it would I would have to step in and stop you because Triple H will become involved with a corpse in the next few years. Oh yeah, so we should actually say that this was the unconscious body. Uh, oh, rest in peace, man. Vicky. Yeah, yeah, Katie Vick, rest in peace. Or Katie Vick, sorry, but, yeah. yeah, Katie Vick. Anyway, continue. But okay, so he drags her her still breathing corpse. Okay. Uh, to a, a drive-through, and he on screen marries her. He kayfabe marries her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because in real life he was marrying the boss's daughter. Yeah, this is, should it should be pointed out at this point that uh, uh, China, who had been with Triple H to come into the company and you know on screen, was actually Triple H's like girlfriend at the time, for extended mm-hmm. period of time. You know, in real is, life. Yeah, in I real didn't life, know that. Which is horrifying to think about. <laughs> and uh, who was the man? I- <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have we only have one person's word now. So right. Well, you know, he's gonna be like, I was the goddamn man. <laughs> Make no mistake. <laughs> then how come when you fart, it doesn't make noise? Shut up. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, he, yeah. So yeah, he breaks up with China, and yeah, China gets squashed. Yeah, she had a little bit of a run there where she got an intercontinental title, which rocketing was cool off for fireworks on Raw. Right. God, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, but uh, mm. she gets a bit of a rub. Kind of, it feels just like as a like, hey, my bad, <laughs> like right. in yeah. a way because he does like he he way upgrades. I'm not saying this physically. Because you know that's that's sexist and terrible, but way upgrades to be in the position of dating the boss's daughter, which you know, like if you're going to be a social climber, you may as well climb that high. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, you know, give him the credit. This is where the game comes from, and like, all this stuff, like just before all this happens, the so, cerebral assassin. Yeah, so he's certainly playing the game, and uh, you know, gets in with Stephanie McMahon. So a little bit of uh, art imitating life has him showing up and you know marrying her at a Vegas drive-in, which is. 
Yeah, for the time, it was an interesting thing. I mean, it was still, all of it was terrible because I just don't care. Like, it's <clears throat> part of the thing that I've always had an issue with as a wrestling fan is that wrestling became so little about wrestling during the Attitude Era. It was all gimmick and all story. And that was fine for a little while, but then I, I actually kind of wanted to see people wrestle. And then when they did, it was great for a couple of years. And then right around now, it starts to get real bad again. Like, 2000, 2001. And, you know, The Rock is kind of careening through people, and he's doing spectacular, but you can tell he has bigger plans. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And guys like The Undertaker are having weird midlife crises where they're getting new gimmicks like the American Badass the and American stuff. Badass. But, I mean, to his credit, he actually was wrestling better at that point in time than he had in That powerbomb was amazing. Yeah, yeah, Last Ride was a sweet move. Last Ride was It's was still, like, amazing. stuff is getting weird again. And, uh, yeah, this whole Triple H, the McMahon-Helmsley faction thing happens where the two of them... Corporate DX. Where the two of them start as a, a date-rape marriage, but then turn into allies, like, almost immediately. Because she has a heel turn at the next Yeah, Stephanie McMahon becomes, you know, bad and yeah. a heel. And then she's... Oh god, she's so bad. Like well, Stephanie McMahon now is arguably kind of great. Maybe she's she's kind of come back to being terrible again. But through like the early tens, like you know, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, Stephanie McMahon is like the best heel in the company. Like, right. but at this this was not then. This is ten years before that when she was shrill and awful. God, and it was the worst. Every minute with her on screen was a minute I wanted to lose. <laughs> I just wanted to die. Seeing Stephanie so McMahon was enough to want to kill myself. If she's not on screen, you hear that in the background of every shot when she is in the arena. Just at all plus, times at that point. Plus, she had to grow up in the same house as Shane O'Mac, so she can't. She always like never met expectations. Well, yeah. yeah absolutely. When your brother's sailing off of uh, Titan Trons at yeah. the same time, how they jump onto Steve Black. How do you compete with that? You marry Triple H and take all the screen time. That's how you compete <laughs> You take a mid-carder and make him the top tier. Yeah, and that's, that is one of the things. If I'm going to use this as a knock Triple H, and this is... It's it's low hanging fruit and it's something that a lot of people target. But you married the boss's daughter, like right. that got you a lot of clout, a lot of clout, really fast. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's not, you know, the thing about that. Let me interject this for a second here. The thing that I find the the, the, the interesting perspective about the marrying the daughter and everything was this is where I thought Triple A, Triple A, <laughs> Triple H. This is the factor I thought that I gave him a little bit of respect is how he's developed next. That's about it. NXT? NXT. All right. Um, NXT, sorry. NXT. You're good. And the way he developed it and seeing how firsthand he's kind of changed, you know, away from his from his father-in-law. But I don't the, – the the fact that I still think it's hysterical is that Shane O'Mac will get a, any arena standing ovation popping. He cried when he was here in Detroit. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But everyone knows. It's like, well, you know, Steph, you, 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 you're in your way on your back. Yeah, and then it's it's, and I think that I th- I think I think Triple H has done a very good job of distinctly like kind of stepping away from that a little bit. That's now though. Yeah. Now, now. Like, like, this is not time. the case. Yeah, but this, this is, is not the case in two thousand one. This like, is my brown power five minute thing, and that's really about <laughs> it. And that's the only thing I can contribute on that because that's what I see now. Because I still I, I still have no respect for Stephanie McMahon. I, I'm sorry. I just I don't oh, get come it. Come on now. That uh, we're. Are we going to turn this into a tag Stephanie McMahon? For oh, no, 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 no. That's it's not, the circumstance. It's a like, classic Dave and Roger, Linda, Linda Cohn argument. That's what that, that that's is. That's not even an argument. Linda Cohn is sexy still and always will be. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say. Shout you, out to Linda. I know you're listening to this, Linda Cohn. Shout out. You, you convinced me of Linda Cohn. I'm just not sure about Stephanie McMahon. I'll ever be convinced about that. That's all. All right. Well, in any case, that might that is all true, and we will definitely cover NXT as we approach it, but 
it is this is far from the Triple H of NXT shepherding. This is this is 2001 where the only thing Triple H gives a shit about is Triple H. Right. And it's it's awful. Like and karma catches him though. Yeah, in a way, yeah. but not enough. Like in, if, if you want to be if I'm putting it in my estimation. So we're hitting like the peak Triple H years now. We're rolling in. It's like the early 2000s, the ruthless aggression era cuz the attitude era is done and buried, fortunately. But it's still like there's not enough there's not enough difference between the the two eras. It's just it's like retrospect WWE wanting to put labels on things. So there's like well this was the ruthless aggression era. We had John Cena say it, so that's what it is. <laughs> John Cena and, uh, yeah, so it's you know Triple H is coming into being the guy now. Everybody's retiring or leaving. The Rock's doing movies. Mankind is old. Like the Undertaker is kind of old and is still around, but he. He, at that point, he's kind of an afterthought. He's still rolling around with this, you know, American badass gimmick. And then, I'm sorry. At, the, at this point in Triple H's career, I think he was better in the ring than he ever has been. I disagree. You disagree? I think yeah. he, I think he was awesome in the ring. Just the way the, the cerebral assassin, uh, that whole gimmick that he had for a second. I thought that was his best. At this point, this is where I think Triple H was at his best solo. Well, I think there's an element to that that is is it squashes it. Is that this is the end of the Stone Cold run, and he's so they're so desperate to keep him in the limelight, they turn him heel, and they have the two-man power trip. Yeah. Which totally squashes any progressive movement of Triple H's character. No, or his it, was it was crap. It was it, the worst thing that ever happened. It set both dudes back. They had four belts between the two of them. It yeah. was awful, if you remember. Tag Team, Intercontinental, and World. No, I remember that. Yeah. It, was, it was just, it was so stupid. And honestly, that quad tear couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah. I mean, and in fairness to Triple H, he comes back, I mean, you know, he's out of shape and he looks terrible but the dude ripped his quad I'm not going to give him too much shit for that so he does he suffers that injury in early what 2002 I think 2001 okay so 01 and then right before uh, the invasion right and then he comes back and he's huge he's over immediately yep. every time you leave they love you when you come back so right. that, he had that going for him he engendered a lot of sympathy that way and uh, I think that Triple H doesn't hit his peak wrestling until like now like in the late 2000 2000 area like 2010 2011 i will we'll, i will talk about what i think is best matches once we come to it but it, we're not there yet but uh triple h now though whether or not he is in the best condition or is having his best matches is after the quad tear the number one dude in the company like it's un there's no know, one left there's yeah. nobody left you know right. and that's that's when like evolution and stuff starts to happen when they start bringing in trying to push younger dudes you know like randy orton and batista and that was cool because it was someone we hadn't seen before because I was sick of seeing Triple H every fucking week. So I was happy to see dudes like Randy Orton and Batista at first until Randy Orton really didn't go down the way they wanted him to. They tried so hard to force so Randy many Orton on everybody. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. for like that two straight years of Randy Orton being in the middle of everybody's feuds. And it's just, it didn't go well for him. But I don't want to put all this on Triple H, but Triple H was definitely a Randy Orton backer, like a dude that was in his corner, you know, backstage, like, no, it has to be Randy. So, I don't know. Like, this is the beginning, though, of what I'm getting to a grander point, of Triple H backstage politician. Like, this is the peak years that everybody cites when we start talking about, like, well, Triple H is known for, like, burying guys, like, not wanting to make them over and give them belts and give them wins. Like, when does that really, how far does that go back? It goes back to now. Triple H is the number one dude in the company. You got your Randy Ortons, you got your John Cena's, your Batista's, like, guys like that that are breaking into the company in the early thousands. 
guys that have come over now from WCW that didn't work at first, but now they're kind of hitting the stride. Chris Benoit, Booker T. Yeah, him and Booker T. Yeah, yeah. So guys like that are coming in now where you're like, all right, well, now there's like a there's a crop of talent. We can actually see some new guys on top. Shawn Michaels has come back at this point. So, so it was, this is like 0304-ish? Yeah, okay. rocking into 0304. So... You know, Shawn Michaels is here at this point now, even close to like 05. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's cool to have him back because he's been gone for a few years and, you know, he seems like he's legit and he can still, he's wrestling his ass off. Like, the best part of Shawn Michaels' career is easily his returns, mm-hmm. like, you know, from the early thousands. And everybody looks great and is doing great and has all this cool stuff going for him. And Triple H just <laughs> puts the thumb on top of all of that stuff and nobody gets that pass until Triple H decides it's legit. Not a single person. That Booker T feud is one of the worst things that has ever happened to a wrestler in the history of wrestling. I don't know if you remember this well, but... So it's really racially charged with Triple H constantly cutting promos about how, you know, people like you don't get to become champion. And it's it's marked definitely in that favor of, you know, he's pointing out Triple uh, Booker T's, you know, color as a part of his, as part of his, you know, his promos and stuff. Okay. Guys, John Cena's looking in the window. <laughs> Apparently. And, uh, you know, like, citing you see like, a criminal record. I know, that's a good point, Jason. <laughs> or, Dan. It was just a floating hat. <laughs> and, like, it was it was so terrible because the general, like, how you work a feud is you have a guy win, you have a guy lose, and then someone wins the whole thing. Triple H just won the whole feud. The yep. whole damn feud. It got to their, their, like, final crescendo match. It's, like, nine minutes long. And Triple H shakes off Booker T's finisher, like the Harlem, the Harlem Hangover, mm-hmm. and then they lay on the mat for like 20 seconds after a pedigree, like legitimately like 20 seconds in ring, and then Triple H crawls over and pins him. So I'm led to believe that one pedigree was enough to just destroy Booker T after like months of them feuding right. and having him t- had taken the move before and not being dead for 30 seconds in the ring. And yet somehow this eight minute match was enough to just finally end Booker T. And he gets no, he and gets it no. Was reset- the headline event? Yeah, yeah, and he gets nothing in return. Like right. he, he just, you know, he, he fell off after he, that. Yeah, and headline he, match. It, it hurt too. It hurt him for a few years before he got back to anything. And the fans loved Booker T. That. Yeah, Booker That's the thing I never understood hell. about that. Is, is, is everyone loved him. The five time world champion, the spinner room. Yeah, yeah. Everything's great. I would argue the worst thing that Booker T ever did in his career was win the championship a six time because then he couldn't do the five time <laughs> thing. But. <laughs> He still does, but no, you're you're absolutely right. After that feud with Triple H, he fell off and he was kind of jobbed out in a way. Yeah, yeah. This, this is when is Triple H starts just a very high level jobbed out, but, but still he jobbed. You can still be a jobber to the stars right. as a jobber, though. You know, right. and when that somehow happens, is when he starts just main eventing with his buddies. Yeah, you get like two Kevin Nash Helena cells. Oh Jesus, that are the worst thing I've ever seen. Not even I'm to in- mention like the return of Scott Steiner and what is definitely oh, the worst god. feud of all times. Oh is, god, it is the worst wrestling anyone has ever committed. Just to, slow to moving ring. giant men. Scott Steiner is gassed the second he enters the ring. Oh, oh god, yeah. yeah. The wing ring walk. Yeah, screw <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's gassed. And both yeah. of them are though. Like <sighs> Triple H at this point is definitely roided out. I've had to carry this chain. Hood down the right <laughs> chain mail. I imagine that would be really heavy. Yeah, that would, that would take a toll on your shoulders. Look at all the bleach in my goatee. I can't carry all this. <laughs> well, if it's proportionate to his size, that chain mail ha- uh, hood definitely weighs like 68 yeah, pounds. Because right, right. Yeah. he's what, 6'5, 750 at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible. All yeah. wrestlers are clean, especially Scott Stein. Yeah, 100%. Mark no, you, my words, write it down. You get those veins by being clean. Right. Yeah, man, that's just, that's just, uh, that's just really. 
really healthy eating routine. Right? Yep, yep. I'm yep. well hydrated. <laughs> yeah, well hydrated, just mixed with some regular cardio. Right. <laughs> yeah, veins on top of veins, <laughs> on top of muscles, on top of more veins, <laughs> on top of muscles. Yeah, this is a bad era for oh, wrestling. God, it's rough. And Triple H is like. Triple H is part of the reason it's so terrible. I mean, I'm not going to back down on this this time because he is he is killing wrestling almost single handedly, having terrible feuds with terrible wrestlers and his his decrepit ass friends showing up and trying to wrestle main event matches, putting on matches with Scott Steiner after other people are like clearing house and having good undercard matches. Not even to mention like his WrestleMania faux pas. Where he's like, you know what I think we should do after The Rock takes on Hollywood Hogan in Toronto in front of all these people? I think I should have the most boring match ever with Randy Orton because right. I'm the guy. It shouldn't be a dude like at the end of his career coming out to have like what could be his last match against like the best wrestler of a generation. That shouldn't be the last match. It should be me and my buddy Randy right. going out there and having the same match we've had a hundred times at this point. And this boring at, everybody to sleep. At this point in my wrestling fanhood if you will i was this is when i was getting out of it uh same here just, this is when just, everybody got because like left, you yeah. said every match was the same match yeah. that you'd seen every pay-per-view had the same main event it seems that went the same route like it and triple h always won and like there's nothing wrong with always winning if you can sell it right it's, but triple it h yeah, didn't it sell depends. it right stone cold goldberg john cena for face, a little face, bit face. right, right they right. all sold it right for face, like face, john face. cena not as much not as long but like they, you said but yeah, they face, face, face. they gave back too though that's the not goldberg as much because that was like the whole part of his gimmick was i never lost right but he also never lost to a bunch of nobodies like right before he actually started beating people he beat like you know, Dwayne Gill. Yeah. You know, dudes like that. Ooh. Like, Gilbert. Exactly. Norman Smiley. Like, just yeah. a bunch of nobodies hey, from WCW. Norman Smiley was the <laughs> I heard that hardcore champion of the world. <laughs> I heard that streak. Him. I heard that streak reached 796. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, I, I watched, I watched like, Five consecutive nitros. I mean, I watched Nitro a lot back then. Oh yeah, Nitro. Was, I remember yeah. it because I was like, the "Oh Monday man, Night Wars, it's, yeah. it's Monday night. Goldberg's five and zero." Oh. And then the next week, I'm like, "Oh man, sweet, it's gonna be Monday night. Goldberg's gonna be seventeen and zero. Oh. Yeah, the like, number went up yeah. exponentially. Well, that's right. just how wins work. Yeah, it's so like terrible. a win over Raven. Well, he's is worth at least four wins by comparison <laughs> to a win over Gilbert. You know, like, yeah, over Gilbert because that's that's Raven. like minus a win or half a win. Raven R.I.P. Is Raven still around? No, Raven's still around. Okay. He looks awful, but he is still around. I mean, so, that's why I thought he's right. Yeah. We share a birthday me and raven fun, oh. fun fact uh anyway hi, Scott, if you're listening. uh yeah we yeah. yeah yeah i just fly down to orlando or wherever the hell he's right. holed up and can you yeah. ask him how he gets his hair that way <laughs> yeah he doesn't look, have any hair anymore. it looks it's it, gone it he looks like, maddie but clean at the same time yeah. can you make that like i just want to i, I could now it just looks on the floor yeah it's, i was gonna say i'm pretty sure it's gone he's been rocking pretty short hair for a while Anyway, so, so yeah. welcome so we're back, in the dark welcome back to Haircast. Yeah. We're talking about Raven. Sorry. Um, we're in a dark era of Triple H, though. It's a dark era for everything, and Triple yeah. H is the culprit. Yeah. Like, there's no... you. The biggest Triple H mark in the world can't talk their way out of this. Like, I'm not. It's bad. I'm not Triple trying at H all. is just dominating no, this everything. this is... The Empire Strikes Back a Throwing thousand. his shriveled balls out on everybody's face, just yep. like, yeah, I'm the guy. Yep. <clears throat> if it's all about the game and how you play it, the only winner is Triple H. Like, right. no one's actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not fair. And it's not fun. Like We also forgot to mention that he discovered water in his ring entrance at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, that's actually a fair point. If mm-hmm. anything's going to make right him underrated, happened. it's that he is the best 
technician of water. He did have one of the best entrance songs, I think, at this point. Yeah, he had a sweet entrance song. He's got... The dude's had a knack and a flair for entrances, but, like, that doesn't make a wrestler. It is also at this point that he discovers the color purple again. Right. Starts wearing them purple spanks, and it's Which we all can appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's such a light purple, it just looks flesh-ish. So he's, like, when he gets, like, the longer the match goes, he starts getting, like, bruised, and he gets the the red, like, slap marks. It just looks like he's nude. It's really uncomfortable. That's what he was Is it, though? Was it uncomfortable? I kind of feel like you would have... You were enjoying that then. Well, no, I wasn't watching, but oh, I just right. look back on highlights. Even no. then, even then, super not watching. Here's the thing, man. Yeah. If you're gonna try to tell me that Triple H is like appropriately rated, well, because if you're leaving during the highest point of his career, wouldn't that kind of paint it more overrated? I mean, no. Nope, if, if you, the my only, argument isn't in the that. only person I've ever known that actually likes Triple H. If you aren't watching Triple H during the period where he's the only thing you can watch, what does that say about Triple H? It says that my enjoyment of him was always is not the top guy. You never want to see that guy be the top guy because his strength is always being in being next to the top guy. That's when I enjoyed him the most was when he was next to Shawn Michaels. No, not a lackey. He was because it's DX is Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and then everyone else. If you look back on it, those are the two people everybody thinks of and then everyone else. Yeah, and that's that, and that's the way it is in evolution. The first person you think of is probably well because he was pushed that way too. Yeah, in evolution, he, he was definitely the head guy. Everyone, he, well, he was yeah. in control of it, right? But right. but everyone really knew Ric Flair ran it. But that but that Triple H was the face. Yeah, that's, Ric Flair runs everything secretly. He just, runs the show. <laughs> True story. We are produced exclusively by by Ric Flair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Job, guys. yeah, we are mandated for at least three woos per episode from each of us. <laughs> there's two wrestling topics. I'm sorry. Yeah, Woo. yeah, Woo. yeah. There's that's five. All we're right, good. we're good. We're ahead of quota. Yeah. So let's be realistic for a minute. Am I cooking? Huh? Let me take- <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, all right. I can accept that on a level, but if what you're saying though is that you prefer Triple H in like secondary roles, doing secondary things. How is it that he managed then on his own merit? Because I'm, I am arguing that it's not on his own merit. He is overrated because he's had everybody to push him up there. How can he be considered one of the best of all times on his own merit? Because I don't think he can. Uh, it's what he does next that he is where his is where the the. It's one of those things, kind of like uh, when you give somebody a shot at like getting a job and they just outperform all expectations. He is handed every option in the or every chance in the world right around this time early 2000s and he does nothing with it a little bit for a while not a little bit a lot bit he falls on his face for four years he does nothing with it complete uh, garbage failure six or seven he's whatever he's the top dude in the company from 2002 until arguably 2009 right. 2010 even was that when cena really got going that's cena hits real hard in the mid 2000s like six seven and batista also hits a great run around then yeah and then you know uh they push batista they push batista man. really hard because batista was awesome like was- batista was super awesome for like two straight years he was right. the best dude in the company and then it kind of goes it trades back and forth between uh triple h and then those guys and then randy orton at intermittent periods even though randy orton never feels like the top guy he's right. pushed that way yeah. um the undertaker gets a little bit of a shine again late in his yeah, career because him and him and Shawn michaels start having those wrestlemania classics yep. which again in in true triple h oh, fashion in true triple h fashion he's like you know i think it'd be best if we went on last vince because my match with sean is gonna definitely i'm not sean my match with uh i don't know pick anybody is gonna be better than the match with uh 
The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, which is like potentially a retirement match, a five star classic, considered one of the greatest matches of all time, and you still want to force yourself to go on last. Just stop. Just stop. And who was he met at wrestling that year? Do you even remember? <sighs> I just forgot. It's just blanked out of my head. But it's 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 probably Randy Orton. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to assume Randy Orton. It's Randy Orton or it's like John Cena. Him and Kurt Angle had a thing for a hot second, but, but I don't think it ever made it to a wrestling Kurt Angle's most underrated WWE performer Kurt Angle was so great for like three years. He was oh, it's the such best. a bummer. He was the best. Couldn't stop drinking. Uh, yeah. Uh, or okay. land a backflip. But it's at this point though is when he, when when it's it's when he crescendos and he starts going the other way. And now he's not top talent anymore. He's not main eventing everything. He's not on every pay per view. He's not on every raw. He's not. But he still manages to show up and choose main events when he wants them, which right. is like. The hallmark of Triple H's whole thing now is that in his late career, even though he's a part-timer, he still just gets to do that flex. Like him and Brock Lesnar come to close out WrestleMania like 28 or whatever. The one in-between Cena and Rock years. Yeah, the broken arm issue. Yeah, like, uh, you know, just because he felt like he's like, no, I'm going to go ahead and take Brock on, like, you know, as the main event. Undertaker and CM Punk had an incredible match that, like, there's no way you could follow that thing and then they didn't because they're not good. And, like, that's, I'm going to put a little bit on that Brock Lesnar on of that onto Brock Lesnar because his style is difficult to work around for a guy like Triple H who mm-hmm. who can bend for some people but can't for a guy like Lesnar. He's just he's too big. The power move set is too difficult for him not to right. be able to take some of that. And Triple H isn't going to be taking like a billion German suplexes. He's not, and that's fine. You know what I mean? The thing is, like at this point in his career now. If he's not wrestling at WrestleMania, he has the mic for at least forty-five minutes. Oh yeah, him absolutely. and Cedric McMahon take take center ring for two, like two like two commercial breaks. It seems like they come back and then here it goes, Stephanie McMahon, and they're still fucking talking. Like, did you see? Did you watch the WrestleMania? Was it last year or the year before that with yeah. him and Sting? Yeah, and his entrance where Stephanie McMahon is out there like talking to a like an army like, right. like just talking up Triple H and how he's the greatest thing ever and he's the game and just running down this whole thing like there's an army of dudes standing out here yeah. as extras and she's like giving like a motivational war weird speech and then Triple H comes out there like a fucking Terminator yeah. or something like Vince McMahon has a huge ego and Triple H is right there man like that guy wants to be known that he's there yeah but again all his matches were 45 minutes all his mic time is 45 minutes It's it, they're terrible there's like spots, five minute spots where it's kind of funny or kind of kind of fun to watch. But but we could make the argument that post fifth ish run of DX, right? And, I don't even know anymore. And pre Sting feud, which it was at WrestleMania last year. Okay, so which was one of the most embarrassing moments of being a fan of my life. That's what I'm saying, man. Because <laughs> I'm at, I'm at your house now. with like seven other people, <laughs> and like as it's going. Each person in the room is like slowly turning to me, like, so, <laughs> right? This what you like, huh? Defend your boy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm this, sorry. Before this, Jason was so excited that Triple H was just gonna be on TV. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't know how long yet. yet. He's yeah. like, oh man, I'm gonna see him for five minutes. He was super pumped. No, he was there for an hour, and even Jason was pumped the whole time. And everyone's just, <laughs> oh, we, we can't. But that was kind of a shorter match, though. Actually, him and Sting. Yeah, that was not. A long yeah, one. mercifully, yeah, because, because the entrance took a half hour <laughs> for each of them. By the way, yeah, it's not just Triple H. Right. It was Sting the only person. Triple H's entrance still longer than Sting's. Though. Oh well, like, by far. Yeah, yeah, the only person that can sell long entrances is the Undertaker. Even though you see him for fifteen seconds, Undertaker right now just started his entrance yeah, for next year's WrestleMania. Next, but it's yeah. still yeah. so awesome because whenever the light hits him, everyone goes, "Oh my God, Undertaker! He's yeah. dead but alive! Oh my God!" Okay, so now let's let's segue. We'll jump. We're running long here. Let's segue. 
going to where we are going to give Triple H some credit. Short hair Triple been, H. I know I've been running him down, but if I'm gonna if if Triple H has any redeeming qualities now, and it's you know it's slim, but now uh, he has arguably what I think is his best match ever with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Yep. It is like. I'm honestly kind of amazed that Triple H could even have a match that good, especially at this point in his career, and especially because he sucks. But it was a really great match. I can't, I can't, I want to shit on him, but I can't. It was, it's the best match he's ever done. I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever even touch it. Great build up. Yeah, and it's not even all, like, it's easy to just be like, oh, well, Daniel Bryan's one of the greatest workers who like the last forever. That's true. But Triple H 100% held his own in that match. Yeah. It was a fantastic story, fantastic back and forth. They were exceptional. And that, that's where I, I'd say Triple H's strengths now are. Because I, I, I when I when I view him as fairly rated, I cut out that middle section because I think that. Oh, but you can't though. No, but I can because I think that every wrestler you cannot pick a wrestler in the pantheon of greatest wrestlers who doesn't have a bad time in their career. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan doesn't minus count. I was going to say minus the yeah CM broken Punk. neck comeback. The Red Rooster. <laughs> yeah, the Red Rooster. Absolutely. CM Punk did have some bad times. Not by his. Not by design. Not by his design. It, you gotta. You gotta do what they tell you to do. Point of the matter is, people do have bad times. Longer careers have bad times. No, that's fair. And it, the, the 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 true measure of what makes him different, in my opinion, is that he learned from it and then stopped doing that. Took him a long time, though. Yeah, and by 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 the accounts I've heard, uh, that Sting match wasn't just his proposal. That was on both parties that wanted to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, so, they're gonna say that, and that's yeah. probably true. But Sting was trying to get in their good graces because he was like being given money, and you're gonna get. Put, we're gonna put you in the Hall of Fame, bud. You know, toe the <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's. I'm not gonna just like say Sting was like a patsy, but. You know, Sting's not going to say no at that point after trying to get in good with them. For like it should have been Sting years. and Undertaker, though. Yeah, yeah. It so should have. It was like right at that time. Different argument for a different show. Yeah. You're totally anyways, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I digress. No, but and you see, minus the on-air stuff, what he does backstage learning from his mistakes. Because he, I mean, my guess, it has to be based on his behavior with what, what he's doing with NXT, is he's like, well, that sucked what I did. Let's make sure the next generation doesn't do what I did. Yeah, and because it know, doesn't work out for anybody. You can give him a except bit except for me. You can, give him, <laughs> you can give him some credit to be able to take what he's learned across all of his mistakes and missteps and his triumphs, and he's channeled that in NXT now. He's uh, he's pretty much like the godfather of NXT at this point. He helped shepherd it and create it into what we know it as now. Yeah, because it, it was just an it was a developmental territory, yeah. and it was like Florida Championship Wrestling. So it was where they sent the guys before they became big deals. Yeah. And then uh, they started they started making it its own brand when Triple H started taking over. So it was kind of like an extra option that was just wrestling focused, like primarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There were storylines and there were angles. People had gimmicks and characters, but uh, it was designed more as an in ring product. And that was definitely on Triple H's part. Like he he one hundred percent wanted to push that because he knew what they were watching on your Raws and your Smackdowns was story, 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 story. And fans want to keep wrestling too. So if you create that, you know, the one and the other to have, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too in and out of the ring, then it makes everybody happy. And it worked. I, to, you know, to his credit, from 2011 until like two years ago, I got way back into the product directly through NXT. Like, right. I thought what he's been doing down there has been exceptional. It's getting a little murky again, but I don't think that's 100% his fault. He's definitely been butting heads with Vince in the past couple of years because he's he's going to take over the company. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. He's mm-hmm. going to be, like, if it's not, you know, it could be Stephanie in name, but Triple H is going to be running wrestling yeah. at some point in the near future. You know, I'm not trying to discredit or discount anything below WWF as far as, like, a popularity thing, but let's be fair. WWF 
as far as we know, is wrestling in this country, WWE, mm-hmm. and around the world. Like it's it's a huge global imprint. So Triple H has done a lot to do that for NXT and to make it, you know, a credible and relevant source for wrestling and, you know, like a feeder system into the greater WWE machine. Well he and fixed that- the problem they had I'm sorry to cut you off, but he fixed the problem that they had for decades, which was you need a legit minor league. You need a, 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 well, a, a small... But that's their own fault. They, they had oh, 100%. They had territories. That's right. what the territories were. Right. Right. But Vince went and bought everybody up and started forcing everybody out of business. Right. So he literally died. He literally fixes Vince's biggest mistake. Yeah. Uh, almost but, single-handedly. Because we're not giving credit to other people, though. Like Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Part of that I know, I know, I know, I know. And, you know, rest in peace. And other people... God, yeah, that, that was were, that seven so far this show? Other Jesus. people that were, you know, that were... Uh, put down there to spearhead the direction of that company, but Triple H gets a lion's share of the you know the credit for that, and I'm not saying that's undeserved. He's done wonders with the yeah. product down there. Well, because now you have a situation where where you had in what like 2000 late 2015, where 60 percent of your main roster stars go down with injury. You could just plug in your guys from NXT because they've been training for a year right. on live cameras with live mics in a wrestling like arena. Like there, there's no figuring it out on camera anymore, which is nice, you know. Although it's not because the product kind of sucks right now, but yeah, I'm out again. Let's yeah, I've been out get, for God, it's been about a year now. You know what helped push me out though, man? The authority. Like, oh really? That, that became the only thing that was. Con- yeah, but aren't they like, gone consistent now? week to week? What's that? Aren't they gone now? But that's what got me out again. Oh, okay. Like the last year and a half of of him and Stephanie being on screen, just burying dudes on the microphone. They can't. Triple H isn't going to do it in ring anymore. And but he's still putting people down with with the mic talk. And I never thought his mic skills were were up at the top. I never. No, never I've never been a fan either. Very bland. I think Triple H is yeah. boring. Like yeah. as you know, on the mic. Like like, if, like I said, and, and you know, I don't have much to to. To give for the for the later part of the show, but everything you give is worth something. Baby. I, I, thank you so much. Um, no, it's just uh, his in ring ability was far outshined his uh, his on mic ability and his behind the scenes uh, little videos and things that he would do. Um, but yeah, like as far as with NXT, he's done a great job. I mean, the the product was good, like like you guys said about a year ago, with all the young young people coming up, and I think he has a lot to do with that. Him, obviously, Dusty Rhodes, but you know he's. He's led the way for that and paved the way for a lot of a lot of top superstars now. No, it's because true. of NXT. Yeah, one hundred percent. And he's, you know, again, I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up because it's really important now to the late the late periods of his career where he's not in ring really. He's right. semi retired. He's he's still going to pull a match every now and then. He's probably going to end up wrestling somebody at WrestleMania next year. Probably like Seth Rollins or somebody. I think he might actually be feuding with him right now, but. Uh, you know, he still finds a way to insert himself into bigger situations because he's Triple H and he feels he's owed that. And, you know, time accrued would say that's possible, but I still just don't, I don't care anymore. I don't want to see Triple H in my main events. I just don't. And, you know, that's a personal thing. I'm sure there's some people that are fine with that. Some people think he's earned it. But, I don't know. I guess at the end of all of this, we've discussed pretty much everything. Uh, my final thought about it is just that if... If Triple H hadn't been put in the position that he had been put in to take advantage of the opportunities given to him, and now it would t- a lesser man may have stumbled along the way with how he how he correctly placed his career steps. But all that being said, he still was kind of a right place, right time kind of guy in my mind. And I don't think his in ring ability, his backstage acumen, or his you know his potential 
like you were saying, like mic work and stuff, we're going to put all of that into perspective. I don't think any of it mounts up to being the best of anything ever. Even with the work in NXT, that's fine. But if I'm judging you as a wrestler on the whole through your career, I just think Triple H, the wrestling personality, is way overrated. Dan, you got oh. anything there? Um, I agree. Was, this is the part where we vote again. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. I got you. Oh, this is my first time on the show. So, this is our second um, show. I, I would still say that I am still at the fair point just because even though he was uh, the only thing you saw for about eight to nine years uh, consistently, you still saw him. And, you know, I got to give credit where his credit is due. I can't say that he's he's overrated by any, any means or underrated. I just think uh, I think he was a, a good good person for what he did. Like like you said, that he a lesser man wouldn't have been able to hold up what he what he put it, put himself into. So I'm still gonna go with fair. And I'm sticking with fair, but for a different reason now. In that because we're talking about this in 2016, where he has at least in my opinion, and then also through this discussion. In my opinion, he's redeemed himself for the mistakes of 03 to 08. You know, it, you, when you make, you had a bad run, and then you spent the next eight to nine years making up for it. And a lot of it is now where, you know, you hear, you see interviews with Stephanie where she'll, she'll mention just sort of casually that, like, yeah, well, he's always doing NXT. You know, this is a guy who has kids, and he has a family, and he's, not an active wrestler, but he's spending all of his time making sure this next generation is ready to be the next generation. Well, he has to. I mean, if he's going to be tasked with being put in charge of the company, that's what he has to do. Right, exactly. And and, and that was the thing. But he that, got put in charge of the company because he <laughs> sneaked his way backstage and, you know, fucked his way up a ladder. But when he got up there, he didn't fall. Uh, right. And that's where I say he's fairly rated. Because nobody, nobody, and I mean nobody, has ever said he's the greatest of all time. Present company excluded being myself. But then that's just because I enjoy him. But I will also say he's fairly rated because no one says, like, well, this guy's the best ever. He, If you look at, like, those WWE ratings and shit, which are so padded for the company. Well, like, he's fucking writing those articles. That's what I'm Come saying, on. though, that man. Like, but that puts the narrative out there. People believe that Triple H is an all-timer because Triple H keeps telling him he is. No, he's like, a top 20 that counts guy. For, there's no chance. There's no way Triple H is. They're thirty 20. better wrestlers. There are fifty better wrestlers than Triple H. There are seven hundred better wrestlers than Triple H. I challenge you to name fifty. You want me to name fifty? Well, All maybe right. not on air. We can't do it right now. Yeah, we are trying to end this show. <laughs> but the next show, I promise you, I'm going to start listing fifty wrestlers. Than Triple H. <laughs> All right, that probably won't be true, but. All right, I guess at the end of it, we came to the determination that Triple H is properly rated as uh, decent enough. To Democracy be- wins, everybody. Decent enough to be considered a good wrestler of all times. So I'm Dave, speaking for Over Under Fair. Uh, check us out on Twitter, over under fair, at Over Under Fair, uh, Facebook, Over Under Fair, and email us at overunderfair at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, guys, I think we did good, and we'll talk to you next time.